0: Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. My guest today is a real estate consultant and founder of the Patrick Group, a premier real estate firm in Las Vegas. With over $100 sold since 2013, he was named in the top 1% for all Las Vegas realtors and the number one top producer for the signature real estate group. Previously, he owned three successful businesses and spent 15 satisfying years in sales, marketing, and customer service. But as is the case of most of my guests on this podcast, he didn't just get here. He was fired. He was robbed. He was divorced. And with two businesses down the drain, was stuck in on a one-way street of screw-ups and failures. The life he was leading wasn't what he wanted, but sometimes not getting what you want is exactly what you need. This is a Time with Fred podcast. It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's Time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. My guest today is Chris Patrick, and he's here to tell us how it all happened. Chris, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Fred, how are you? Thank
1: you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure and an honor to be on your show.
0: The pleasure is all mine, Chris. As I <clears throat> said in the introduction, there are often times when guests come on the show. It's 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 all the the great accolades and and all the wonderful things, the accomplishments, which is which is great. It's nothing really wrong with that. But behind those stars, as I like to call them, they're they're very powerful stories. Like yourself, can you take us back, Chris, a little bit? I'm not sure how far back you want to go, but just give us a little background of how you came um, to be where you are today.
1: Yeah, I guess that is a long story, Fred. You know, uh, I, I've had a life that's been full of uh, adversity and a lot of uh, struggles, and you know, some you might say some terrible things. And uh, you know, it's it's been a long journey and a, and a bumpy road. But every you know, the, the path to success is oftentimes a bumpy road mm-hmm. down a slippery slope. And so, um, you know, I, I wanted to to take an opportunity uh, and. After many years of thinking about it, you know, my wife and I got to talking and we said, man, your life has been so crazy and so many ups and downs and look where you are now. You should write a book about this. I think it would help a lot of people. And so that's kind of where the idea uh, was born, Um, you know, to write a book, to show people that no matter how bad life has been treating you up till now, you know, it's never too late to turn things around and uh, you really can have pretty much anything you want in this life.
0: And you write this very powerfully, uh, Chris, in your book "Disasters to Dreams." Can you kind of share some of those disasters, as you like to call them, uh, that you encountered in life, and, and how it led you um, to, to I guess, Dreamland, if you will?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's been times where you know I, I've lived in cars on a couple of different occasions. You know, I've been homeless. I've I've taken food stamps from the government. Um, I've uh, lived on a bag of potatoes for weeks at a time. You know, you'd be surprised how many uh, ways, different ways you can cook a potato. But if that's all you're eating, you'll figure it out, right? Mm. Um, you know, I've been uh, fired three times in a row from, from jobs. Uh, I've been divorced. Uh, held up at gunpoint at one of my jobs. Wow. That was pretty traumatizing. And uh, probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, things of all. I had an incident happen when I was uh, 12 years old. I was actually uh, wrongfully accused of a sex crime. And I was uh, expelled from school, uh, arrested, um, found guilty in the court of public opinion. This is back when uh, newspapers were still a thing. So, you know, the story was in the newspaper and everything else. Uh, Lost all of my friends, uh, save one. And, you know, at such an age where you know, you're very impressionable at that time, you know, 12 years old. Um, it, was, it was very devastating. It was a very dark, dark period of my life. But just like a lot of things, you know, I've, I, I dug through that, pulled that skeleton out of the closet and, you know, found some things that were good for, from that. You know, I, what, what, could have, what good could have come from something like that? You know, but I found some things that that changed, my, that changed me, that changed the way I am. You know it made me more uh it made me question things you know why, why is that you know which i have found to be beneficial and you know in business and you know just in life it's made me more uh, assertive and you know more of a i guess more of a d personality uh, than i have been before so and then you can, you can even go back to uh you know the pre or the the, the very early years you know i had a pretty rocky uh, early childhood, you know, an abusive father. Um, he left us a couple of times, you know, when I was, you know, two years old and then again at three and a half. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a ride, but, you know, again, you know, wanting to bring all the skeletons out of the closet and and dig through the dirt to find the diamonds, so to speak, has really helped me out a lot. And I wanted to share some of those stories as an example to show people that Yes, I've gone through some some bad things, but I've able to been able to make it out alive and thriving. And you can do the same, yeah. right? So that's kind of why I wanted to bring those things to light.
0: Chris, this is this is powerful on um, on a number of fronts. Not only did you allow the disasters that you went through, or the challenges that you went through in life, Chris, to hold you down, um, you made that decision to to make something better out of life. Um, but then you also decided to 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 publicize that, right? To 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 make that public. You you wrote a book and and sometimes when people are, are living, you know, the, the life um, as we as we know it, they 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 don't, they don't open up, right? Because they don't want to let people into their their space, so to speak, or, or allow themselves to be vulnerable. My question for you, or the first question rather, is one: Why didn't you? What was it that made you crazy want to make the most out of life? Right? Because for, for for a lot of people, I, I, I'd i I'd it'd be for for a lot of people who go through this, they they either allow themselves to stay stuck where they are because you had very very valid reasons to stay. Where you where you were right, I mean on food stamps and all of that. Life was rough, and someone would have said, "You know, this is it. I'm done. You know, life has not been fair. This is this is all I have." But you you turned around. There was some compelling desire. I'd imagine that cost you to face what you were going through and decide to to change that. What was it? What was it like? What was that driving force that um, cost you to to want to make something better out of life, Chris?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I guess part of me wants to answer it in this way. And that um, I've always had this strange kind of a knowing that things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. And you don't always get to know what that reason is at the time. You know, sometimes you do. A lot of times you you'll get a lesson out of a failure or you know something didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, but you'll realize why it didn't work out and you'll you'll see the lesson as clear as day. But then other times you know, you don't get to learn that you don't get to know what that reason is right away. And sometimes it'll take you years to figure out why something happened. And I've always had this thing in my mind that said, you know, one thing always leads to another. And isn't it strange how I got to point A only because I was already at point X and I was only at point X because of point Y. So I always traced back why things were happening to me at a particular time based on the prior events. And I always thought that was strange. And so you know, I started thinking, okay, well, if that is true, then that probably is true for just about every occurrence that's ever happened to me or anybody, you know, so I started digging through some of these older things going, what is it that, I, why did that happen, right, why, you know, it wasn't my fault, or I didn't deserve it, or, you know, I didn't, hope this isn't something I intended, I mean, why did it happen, what, what good could come from it, and so I found through my digging, that there is always there's always some little nugget, you know. Maybe it's not a lesson or, or, or whatnot, but it's maybe it's somebody that you met, you know, during that time uh, that you would call a failure, or maybe it's a a book that you read because you were fired from your job, and that book inspired you to do something mm-hmm. great. You know, there's always some little thing like that. Mm-hmm. So that, and I've always, you know, that's, that's one answer. And I guess the other answer is I just have, I've always had a a really strong ambition to succeed, you know, no matter what the circumstance. So kind of a long answer there. Yeah. But, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah, but this is, this is good. I mean, you, was there any point in time Chris, when you blamed yourself for, for all the things that, that were happening? Because people, people go through that. They blame themselves, or they blame other people for their woes. And also that's one thing that, that, that keeps them. Did you experience any of that? Did you at any point, like, you know, did you you blame yourself? I mean, I know the answer to that, but, oh, I think I know the answer to that, but I'll let you answer it.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, yes, to answer your question. Yes, there is, there was times when I, when I blamed myself, you know, I I shouldn't have been there at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe I should have been a better (laughs) two-year-old or, you know, maybe I should have kept the door locked that time at the, you know, at my establishment The time I got robbed. Yeah, you blame, you try to blame yourself um, for a lot of things like that. And that actually kind of uh, makes me think, you know, a lot of people are stuck in this, you know, blame game, Mm -hmm. you know, they have this uh, victim mentality, right? So, and it it really does hold people back. It's, It's awful, you know, And when you have this victim mentality, you tend to not take responsibility for anything you know whether it was your fault or wasn't your fault you know and uh not everything bad that happens is your fault and so you don't have to take uh the blame for it but you do have to take responsibility for how you react to it absolutely absolutely right so that's something i've learned along the way is you got to take responsibility for yourself
0: yeah yeah absolutely how about the part uh Chris, that, or or the driving force behind um, putting into a book. I know you mentioned that you know you discussed this with your wife, and giving the the experience that you went through. Um, you thought it would be good to capture this or to help other people. Uh, vulnerability is one big big thing, right? Especially for 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 us men. We we don't like to be vulnerable because we want to you know position ourselves as but. I believe, I've come to believe that there is no powerful struggle, there is no powerful way to influence um, another person than letting them into your space, so to speak, or sharing some of the struggles or failures or disasters, uh, as you really put it. What was it, that, how easy was it to to share, even, even as you're doing right now, right? I mean, sharing some of these deep powerful experiences that you went through as a child which i'm sure does bring back some painful memories every now and then but how how easy was that for you to kind of open up this way
1: well it wasn't an easy decision i'll tell you that but since the decision's been made it's i gotta tell you it's been very freeing and very liberating Mm -hmm. you know uh, it, it almost feels like a like i said it's kind of like a skeleton in your closet that you don't want anybody to see and because you you feel some kind of blame on yourself for for having that skeleton, but if you're able to let the skeleton out, it's a very it's a very freeing feeling. You know, it really is. So, um, I also knew that that was just a side effect of it being freeing and liberating feeling. The the main reason that I wanted to do these things and uh, talk about these dark secrets or whatnot was that I wanted to be able to help people, right? And if I can show through my example that I have been through something horrific, but I was able to make it out okay. You know, I'm just a regular guy from the Bay Area, California. You know, I'm not super smart or super artistic or, you know, I'm not super lucky or anything like that. I'm just a regular guy that tries to see the good in things and has a a drive to be successful. So I wanted to share that with people. And if if it it helps by relaying my story about certain things, then I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, you're, you know, like your bio said, you, you, you became, I mean, you, you, you sold over $100 million, um, or since 2013, and you were named in the top 1% for Las Vegas real. And that's, that's, that's a huge accomplishment, Chris. Are there, what, what lessons would you attribute or what life lessons would you say kind of helped you, um, to reach that, uh, notoriety, if I can, if I can put it that way.
1: Uh, you know, one of the crazy things, and this is a another reflection of what, kind of what we were just talking about, Fred, and that is, you know, I, I stumbled into the real estate business. You know, this wasn't something I had ever planned on getting into. It wasn't a passion of mine or, you know, I, I, had, I had bought one house, you know, my first house back in, I think, 2006 or something. That was my only experience with real estate. I had no intention or plans of getting into it. And it just so happened, um, the woman I was seeing at the time, her and I Uh, had a a weight loss clinic here in town. I was in the fitness industry for about seven years uh, prior to real estate. And one of our clients, uh, he had a mental health services company where he had to house about 200 individuals in rental homes here in Las Vegas. And, you know, we get to talk and we become friends after he's been working with us for a while. And he says, Chris, you know what? I really don't like my property manager. Why don't you? get your real estate license and become a property manager. You know, you've already got, already got 50 houses that I'm renting right now and you can walk right into a gravy job. And I said, cool, I'm doing it. Let's do it. I got my license and uh, about three months into it, I, I hated the business, hated it, absolutely despised it. But I thought, you know what? I've got my license. I went through all this. I shoveled out, you know, about $2,000, which was, you know, more than I comfortably had at the time to get my license. And I said, I'm going to make something of this. You know, so it was an opportunity, you know, it wasn't a passion. It wasn't my life's ambition or my goal to be in real estate and sell a hundred million dollars. It was just an opportunity that came and it came because I was ready and open and willing to look around me to see the opportunities. You know, I didn't, the weight loss clinic that we had where I met him failed. We went out of business in less than a year. And I could have saw that and said, you know what, that's a failure. It's just another chalk one up to the failure board. There it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But without that weight loss clinic, I never would have met this guy. Never would have got my license, and never would have been in this position. Mm-hmm. So it's really about just, you know, for me, keeping your eyes open to yeah. to opportunities that are out there, and that's just that's what happened there.
0: Yeah, Chris, you you, you touched on uh, you know some 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 powerful points there and things that I have experienced myself along my own journey of life where. There are certain things that happen to us in life that we consider, you know, bad, right? Whether we're there, these are just nightmares. But oftentimes they're cues or they're they're stepping stones that lead us to to where we want to be. And you 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 mate, you are you, right that um, not getting what you want in life is exactly what you need sometimes uh, in life. Can you can you elaborate on that a little? Because I think there's a lot of truth there, Chris.
1: Yeah, you know, kind of like what we were just alluding to there, you know, having something that could easily be uh, considered a failure Mm -hmm. turns into something else. And, you know, I I can look back and I'm sure that you can too. And I'm sure a lot of your audience can do the same thing right now. Look back over the course of your life and find something that you thought was a failure or a disaster or a setback or a mistake or whatever and find something that came out of that that would not have come out of that had you not gone through that Mm -hmm. and you will see that there's a pattern it happens almost every single time if you're willing to look at it that way right and so that's what it really is is you know in my opinion it's it's kind of reframing what it means to you to to have a failure a failure or a setback or a mistake you know i I I don't see a failure. And, you know, people say, Oh, there's no such thing as failure. Yes, there is. There's all kinds of things that you you're probably going to fail in some way or another at, you know, whatever you have planned right now is it's not going to turn out exactly like you think it is. There's going to be some little twist or turn and you have a good chance of failing, but that's okay. That's perfectly fine because something else good can come from that. Right. So, uh, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot to look at, but I believe that everybody has that in their history. And if you look yes. back hard enough, you'll see it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can, I can share a, a classic example of uh, this was years ago. I'd applied for this job that I thought was the right fit and was expecting to get that call um, from the recruiter that I'd gotten the job and days went by I never heard anything. And then later on, I heard that, you know, I, I wasn't selected for the position and, it was, it was disappointing because I'd, I'd given my all and I thought this this was it. Um, and so after a few days of stealing over it, right, I, I, I just you know kind of let it go and we're watching the news one time craze when um, a few days after that actually, maybe about a week or so when you know, this company's staff had gone to work one morning without any advanced warning or anything, they got work, they got to the entrance and the company had shut down. Um, and if I'd gotten the job that I thought I deserved or that I wanted, I would have been part of this group of people who, who didn't end up um, having a job. And so I, I say that and every now and then it, it takes my mind back to some of the things that we, we fight against so much in life that we think we want, not knowing that these may very well be, um, you know, God's sort way of delivering us um, or, or leading us to, to, to something better. And I think there's a saying that Sometimes when doors close um, in life, we, we keep staring so much at that closed door that we miss out on the other, you know, open doors. And and I think this is a classic example. Um, so this is this is really so If you had, you know, hadn't like you rightly said, right? If if it wasn't for that weight clinic, weight wait business, weight clinic, or some, you wouldn't have met this guy, and it wouldn't have brought you where you were. But is, these are all, I think stepping stones as you will or 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 the pathways through life they're they're not fun i mean they're sometimes we go through the valleys of the shadows we go through the the dark alleys we go through those difficult moments but these are all part of that that grand design if you will so i I think there's a powerful lesson there um what are the lessons chris do you you, you speak about in the book that um brought you um where you are today
1: Yeah, I think a couple of them are, you know, not getting what you want is exactly what you need, right? And, you know, I I would encourage people, you know, our our conversation now almost seems like, well, you shouldn't chase your dreams because they're not gonna happen anyways, Mm -hmm. right? But that's not true. I mean, you should chase your dreams. I mean, you absolutely should because you don't wanna get down to the end of your time limit and have a regret about not chasing the dream. So chase your dream, right? But don't be surprised if your dream turns into something slightly different than what you, what you set out for in the first place. So that, that's one of the lessons that I've learned and I try to convey in the book is pursue your dreams, but be open to the possibility that it might, it might not work out and that's okay. And if it doesn't work out, you're going to have some other experience along that path that will lead you down a new path that might take you to where you really wanted to go. Right, I can I can give an example from the book. Uh, I I interviewed about seven or eight different entrepreneurs, uh, people um, from all over the country, and one of them, her name is Janice. She had uh, built up and established three nail salons in casinos here in Las Vegas, which is a pretty hard thing to do. You get a get a store in a casino—that's a pretty big deal. So she had three of those, and it took up all of her time. You know, this was her dream. She wanted. I want to have nail salons, and I can't live i in the casino now. I have three of them. I'm living my dream, right? But it took up so much of her time. You know, she was there 80, 100 hours a week or whatnot, and the bills, you know, were were so over the top that it was just it was just too much for her. And so she closed the stores. It was a huge disappointment, massive setback, a failure, if you will, on a grand scale. But it focused, it uh, forced her to find something else to do. So she went back to her her YouTube. Uh, videos which she had been doing before that and now she has a uh, online boutique where she sells all sorts of you know women's products and and things like that but now she gets to be with her family all that time now she works from home so what what it is that she really wanted she wanted to be successful but she wanted to also spend that quality time with her family so she was not going to have that at the nail salons in the casino so because of that failure the universe or god said no 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 i'm not i'm not going to give you these nail salons in the casino because you'll never see your family we're not going down that road the universe or god said hey i'm going to make this a failure however i'm going to make you a success of something else and you can see your family prime example of don't ever think that what you're set out to do is going to turn out exactly like you planned yeah yeah i i
0: love that i love that and I'm not sure whether that's what you call the failure paradox, uh, but uh, th- that's also another lesson there. Um, you know how to escape from this unhealthy and all too common mindset once once and for all. But can you describe that failure paradox, Chris? That you that that you talk about, or, or that you 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 speak about in your um,
1: from your book? Absolutely, yeah. So the paradox of failure to me means that failure is a requirement of success, right? So. Um, and I, I, I can take this from the book, I, I say that uh, the only way to completely uh, eliminate failure is to either lower your definition of success, or to never try anything in which failure is a remote possibility. But I've also, <laughs> I've also thought to myself, you know what, lowering your definition of success would be a failure to dream big. So that's a failure. And never trying anything where failure is a possibility would also be considered a failure, Mm -hmm. a a failure to try to grow and to to be more. So, you know, I I always like to refer to the uh, the Thomas Edison story. You know, he he failed 10,000 times at building a light bulb. Mm -hmm. And he said, I haven't, I haven't failed 10,000 times. I've successfully figured out 10,000 ways that will not work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can, Fred, can you imagine trying so, anything 10,000 times? I mean, 100 is a lot for most people. Yeah. That would be a lot. Yeah. 10,000 times. Yeah. But he did it. And now he's known as the guy who invented yeah. the light bulb. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I wonder how many of us go through life and we quit just at the point where if we had tried one more time you know we probably would have met with with success but you talk about some resilience talk about determination talk about grit that kept him going uh 10 thousand and there's several others Ken is one of them you know at KFC he tried to think over you know thousand nine or so times before he got someone to buy his chicken recipe and now you know KFC and, and there's so many other lessons of successful people who you know often we, we see them we see the success and we don't know or we often f- forget to, to to think about how much they put into into their work to to get them to, to where they are Chris you also talk about um why it's important you talk about self-care and I think if there's any time to talk about self-care right it's not right you 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 talk about the fact that it's so important to slow down with self-care to jumpstart a stronger second act can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, I believe you got to take time for yourself, you know, we all seem to be on this fast track, you know, we've we've all got these places that we want to get to, and of course, we want to get to them as fast as possible, right. (laughs) So it's so important, and it's like a recharge.